Good morning, church. Open your copy of God's Word, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It is on page 966 in my Bible. Somebody say, who cares? Preach and teach from the ESV, the English Standard Version. Believe that it's accurate and readable. If you are a guest, welcome. I'm Pastor John Feek, and what we are typically doing is going through uh, books of the Bible, or at least sections of the Bible, and we started last week in 2 Corinthians 5. We're in a series, All Things New, and do you know what God gets excited about? Not newer technology, necessarily, but instead a newer you, and, and not more of the same, and not stuckness and being trapped, but new. I, I don't know where you are asking God, God, why is this, and why do I keep, and I continue to experience this, and I feel like I'm stuck. I feel like it'll never change, and this is just the way I am. And and I hope you would hear, 2024, I hope you would hear God say, I'm making all things new in you. And as a church, we would say, God, all things new. Do a new thing. Do a new thing in our day. Do, Do something new that isn't just flashy new and not just faddish new, but is so obvious that it's from heaven new, that it's from God himself. And I don't know what you're praying for, but I'm praying some new prayers for new things personally, as a family, as a church. And I I just ask that you would join me. But your first step is this, that you would be asking, God, make, make all things new in my life. Yet you haven't forgotten me, that you see me, you see where I'm at. Would you change me? Would you change me? So God doesn't save anybody to leave them. He saves them to change them. He's interested more than you are of making old things new. And 2 Corinthians 5 has been our our chapter. We're going to walk through this verse by verse. And as we do, I just want us to kick off with this little flashback. For many of us, we, we know some of the old hymns. We kicked off with a hymn this morning. Do you know what the most popular hymn in church history is? Anybody? Any takers? Any takers? So we we have this hymn, Amazing Grace, John Newton. We, we have a guy that wasn't just a little messed up, a little off course, that he was the wicked of the wicked, that he was able to pen a song testifying not of his goodness, but of all of his badness, and that God took it and made all things new. And so we can sing with John Newton, I was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, now I see. And if you're a Christian, this is your story. I was going along. I was going through the motions. I was a zombie. I was just sleepwalking, just going after flesh, just whatever feels good and whatever seems right in my own eyes. And all of a sudden, wake up! And then I could see. And maybe for you, it was a gradual process. And maybe for others, it was a pretty wild whiplash experience. And for some this morning, maybe you you're still in that place of I'm just groping around, trying to figure it out, find my way. I'm running into walls and dead ends in the dark. I can't see. And I wonder if today would be the day that you say, I'm so sick and tired of living my life blind. And there's a few of us in the room that have experienced a conversion and not to become religious, but instead to have a relationship with a God that gives sight and then gives us a tour guide through a brand new life, seeing all things with new eyes. I was blind. Now I see. And so just in a few verses, we're going to look at this. What, what do we do as believers? If you're not a Christian, today could be the day that you say, I want that. I want sight. I want to be able to see. If you're a follower of Jesus, you've been given new eyes. You've been given sight. But now with sight, 
all things become new. If you can really see, you see things you didn't see before. And now you're able to do things you never did before. You're making decisions that you never thought of. You desire new things that you never desired before. And what if 2024 would be a year that you can say, now that I see, God, make it new. Make it new. So let's get low before the Lord as we look at 2 Corinthians 5. We're just going to be looking at verses 6 through 10 this morning. Let's get low. Father, you are so awesome. You are so generous. You are the giver of all good gifts. And God, you give the gift of sight, spiritual sight. Every single one of us here this morning, we were born blind. And only you, only you, God, can open our eyes. So God, thank you for the stories. Thank you for the testimonies in this room of the ways that we can sing the song wholeheartedly. I once was blind. Now I see. God, if there's anybody here this morning that is still stumbling along, going in circles, trapped, frustrated, living on repeat of dead ends, God, I pray that you would open their eyes to see you, that you would open their eyes to see what they were made for, why they're here. God, for those of us that are asking, what is our purpose and who cares about a new year? Just more of the same old stuff. God, I I pray their story would be so different. God, I, I pray that you would change hearts, change minds, change destinies. And God, allow us to experience your presence here, that you would show up, that you would move among us, God, that we wouldn't just study your word. We would experience your power, your truth in our lives. God, you're in the business of changing things. Make all things new, God. Make all things new. We pray you would be glorified and we would be filled with joy, real joy, lasting joy. 2024, may your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All God's people said, amen. Second Corinthians 5, if you're there, somebody say ready. If you're ready, only if you're ready. Here we go. If you are taking notes, jot this down. Now that I can see, if you are a Christian, if, if, okay, I'm not assuming that, but this is what Christians do. Christians can see, and if they can see, here's the new thing that God is doing. He's beginning something. If you're taking notes, I will begin to live courageous. I will begin to live courageous. Followers of Jesus are now able to see who he is and who they are and now courage is rising up. There's something new happening. 2 Corinthians 5, 6, Paul writing to the church of Corinth, he is, he's continuing his thought from last time. He's saying, so we are always, somebody say always, oh, always, siempre, of good courage. What? What, what is this courage? Always? Uh, how about sometimes? How about rarely? If you're able to see and if you're following him, something's rising up where there is consistency of courage of encouragement filling your life. And he says, we know that while we are at home in the body, we're away from the Lord. If, we, if we're here on earth, that means we ain't home yet. We're not in heaven yet. If you are still here, still breathing, and you're still walking this old crusty earth, guess what? The race ain't done yet. You're not there. If we're home here, that means we're away from the Lord. You know what Paul's saying? He's saying that that's not great news because there's groanings. We talked about last week, there's longings and groanings for more. And if you have a desire within you that cannot be fulfilled on this earth, it is evidence that you were made for another world. We read from C.S. Lewis last week. The groanings are real. And while we're here on earth, there should be a long for, but I'm not with God yet. And I'm not home yet. It's not over yet. 
there is a tension that is real that we should feel empty to a degree. Things of this earth should be like, it doesn't satisfy. It doesn't satisfy because you weren't made to be here for the long haul. Eternity is forever and it's not yet. It's about to come. I don't know about you, but the good news is we are away from the Lord, but not for much longer. I hope that's good news. He's coming soon. For some of us, that's bad news because when he comes, are we ready? For some of us, we're not ready yet. And so it's not good news for him to come back. But Paul's saying, if you're a follower of Jesus, you can't wait. You long for him to come back for no longer for there to be an away, but together, together. Together is awesome. Verse seven, for we walk by faith in the here and now. We're living by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. God has given spiritual eyes to those that are now his children. And do you know what we see? We see what we can't see. We only used to see what we could see. Now something miraculous has happened. We start seeing things that are really there but are unseen. We believe in things confidently that are yet to come. Verse 8, he says, yes, yes, we are of good courage. He says it twice. We're always of good courage. We are full. We are maxed out with courage. How in the world are we supposed to be courageous? Well, because we know the promises to come are going to be fulfilled. Not yet, but they're coming. And he says, we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. We're so sick and tired of feeling the way we feel. I don't, you can take this however you want to if the shoe fits. You may be in a season where you're like, the pain and the aches are going to be gone soon. Okay? It's not always going to be this way. For some of us, we long for heaven because we are inching our way towards that in this tent we talked about last week. We're just camping, yo. We're just camping. And guess what? When you're in a shabby tent, guess what? It's ripped. It's torn. It's fallen apart. And you're like, when's the mansion coming? When's the mansion coming? I need, I need, I need to trade this old version in. I need an upgrade, right? When is this going to be over? It's happening soon. The longing is real. And I pray that it would increase. For those of us that aren't feeling it physically yet, the longing to find home here is very real. I just want something secure. I want something permanent in the here and now. And we are told from God's word, don't look around, look up. It's not found here. You're not going to be satisfied here. There are longings that will be fulfilled and you're not going to find it in a relationship. You're not going to find it purchasing something new and shiny. You're not going to find it getting more money and getting a better job. You're not going to find it. You're going to keep shopping around and continue to be disappointed over and over. Unless you know, I'm not with the Lord yet. And when I am, satisfied. Longings fulfilled. Faith, it's going to become sight. I'm going to see it. I'm going to touch it. I'm going to taste it. Not yet, but it's, it's coming. I can be courageous because I know with confidence it's not a cheap gimmick. It's not a bait and switch. It's not something to just be a crutch in my life that, well, if the Jesus thing works for you, whatever works for you, whatever makes you happy, whatever floats your boat, whatever gets you through the day, ah! I'm talking about something that I know, that I know, that I know, that I know, that I know it is real. And in part, we have tasted it and there's more to come. I don't know if you have ever done this, but I will call you a fool if you have, because nobody does this. Nobody walks in to an overpriced buffet just to walk up and just have a, a little taste and then walk out. When you are being offered the whole thing, you want to be stuffed. 
and you want to rejoice with every new plate. And the problem in this world is what? With every new plate, I feel sicker and the food tastes less delicious and I'm getting disappointed with every return up to the line. And in God's economy, it's totally opposite. We get a little foretaste and you're like, ooh, that was really good. That was, that was really good. And then God's like, oh, there's more to come. And it's getting better. And it's getting fuller. And your ability to be able to see it and receive it, it's growing and growing. We haven't even seen anything yet. Wait till you get to the back room where the good stuff is. It's coming. It's coming soon. But number two, if you're taking notes, I love, I love this. Not just that we have courage. Excuse me, before we get to number two, I just want to fire off some, some helpful takeaways because we want to keep it simple, right? I'm just so excited to get to the second part because it's just really exciting. It's really exciting, all right? Slow down, slow down. Let's keep, let's keep it, let's keep it simple here. If you are called, and Paul was called, and he's talking to the church that was called by God, what happens when you are called? When there's a calling on your life, it leads to courage and not just a little bit of courage. He's saying always courageous and of good courage and more and more courage. If there's a calling on your life, and if you're a follower of Jesus, there is, not for some, but for, help me out, for all, for all, for every follower of Jesus, there's a calling on your life. And it leads to such a confidence and a courage that you can keep going because God is just ramping up to fulfill the desires of your heart that go with that calling. There's conviction that starts to grow that strengthens that courage. Where you had doubts, now you have answers. Where you knew little of God's word and you didn't know his voice and you didn't know how to walk with him in a relationship, the more that you do that, the more that conviction rises up of not maybe, I know so, and not I hope so, but I know so, and not I'm struggling because I have so many doubts because my doubts are going to solutions and answers. I used to not know and now I know. I used to be ignorant of what God said and now I'm learning his words, his promises, his truth. I'm not wavering around. Conviction leads to greater and greater courage. Well, what's the long game of courage? I don't know about you, but it's not that fear would subside. Wouldn't that be nice? Like, if I get further along in this thing, then I'll be less anxious, right? Or I, I won't struggle. Wrong! The deal is, I used to give up. I used to quit when it got hard. Is that where you're at right now? Like, I'll try Jesus, I'll try church for a little while, and then if it gets hard, I'm going to bail. I'm done. And if I have any conflict with anybody, then, oh, avoid time. I'm going to run. I'm going to hide. I'm going to isolate. It got uncomfortable. When God's doing something new, do you know what he does? He grows conviction that says, I'm going to stand firm and I'm going to move forward. Conviction leads to not quitting, not giving up. I don't know if you have this in your notes, but courage compels me to continue. Courage compels me to continue when I want to stop. I don't know when, the, when was the last time that you thought, it's not worth it. I'm done. I quit. Just answer that in your own mind. Was that a relationship? Was that a job? Was that school? Was that something about your future? Was that I'm, I'm done with my kids, my spouse? I'm done with extended family. I'm done with church. I'm done with God. I'm done. I'm done. Something is happening inside of you that when conviction solidifies, when you become rock solid, stable, then you keep going when everybody else is falling away and you're like, I'm not done because God's not done. I'm not done because God's not done. God hasn't quit. I'm not quitting. Christians are going to become the weirdest people in the world. Who is this 
weird group of people that when things get really, really hard, they continue on. If I were you, I'd just quit. You know what? You know what you deserve? Just walk away from that. You don't deserve that. You don't deserve that in your life. You don't need that. You don't need that. Just walk away. Just walk away. Find something different. Find something new. And you're going to continue shopping for new and new and new and new and walk away and walk away and walk away and quit and quit. But when conviction starts rising up, when you start maturing and growing, do you know what happens? I'm not going to give up. God didn't give up on me. I'm not giving up on this. God didn't walk away. I'm not walking away. Something powerful happens when you can put your feet down and say, I'm done running because I'm going to be running for the rest of my life. I'm done quitting because I'm going to quit the rest of my life. What I do today is creating patterns for my future. Conviction does something. And here he's like, you're not home yet. It's going to be hard. Continue on because courage compels you to continue. And courage cultivates confidence, not in you, but in God. Done are the days where you can say, I just need to work on my self-esteem and my self-confidence. Sorry, I just threw up in my mouth. So exhausting, you should say. I'm so exhausted by this because I don't have in myself what it takes, but God's giving me something new so that I have something from Him and it didn't get sourced in me. It didn't rise up from me. It actually got poured out from heaven. I need God confidence. I need God esteem. The higher I esteem God, the more confident I become. Why? Because you think you're something? No, because you know you're nothing and he's everything. I can face anything. That's different. That's different. Turn your neighbor and say that's different. That's different than what the world is offering. I don't know where you're shopping, but shop somewhere different. Okay? Uh, Take a a left past self-esteem store, past self-confidence store, and just go straight for God every time. I'm going past all that. I'm getting more God in my life. He's taking more control of me, and I'm becoming confident because he's giving me his confidence. That's really good news. I hope that's good news for you. I don't need more of me. I need more of him. 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9. I hope you're jotting some addresses down, all right? 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9. I want you to be able to get back, all right? So set your GPS here. 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9. Though you have not seen him, well, how do you believe in a God you can't see? I was blind, but now I see. Though I have not seen him physically face to face, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe, you trust in him. And you know what happens when you trust in him? You rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. I don't know about you, but I, I need more of that in my life. Glory! I need that. I need that. More glory, more joy. More seeing, more joy. Less of me, more of him, joy. I hope, I hope you memorize that. This is God's will for your life. Memorize 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9. All right? All right, done? Done? All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Why do we do this? Because obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I'm saved, but yet someday I'm going to get it all. I sampled a little bit, but I'm going to get the full thing in the future. Love it. Love it. So where where does that start? Here's a little plan for 2024, okay? I don't know where you're at. You don't have to go to college to get this. You don't have to do tons of coursework. But there is a correlation between what you believe about God and what happens in your life based on that. Right theology. I don't know if you're taking notes. You should be. Right theology. What is theology? What you believe about God. Do you believe atheists have a theology? You bet they do, and it's terrible. Okay? 
Do you believe that every person on the face of the planet has a theology? Yes. Whether it's uninformed, half-baked, I don't know about you, but everybody has thoughts about God, and most of them are dead wrong. So it starts with what? Right theology. Is what I'm thinking about God accurate? Is it right? Maybe I've been misled, misguided. Maybe I've been misinformed. Even maybe I've been lied to. I need a correct theology. 2024 could be the year where you just start getting questions answered instead of staying ignorant. Right theology. What does that lead to? I hope you want this for your life. If you are believing right things about God, you can finally start building your life on it. A firm foundation, rock-solid foundation can be yours. I don't know what foundation you're building your life on, but can we be honest? We are living in a world of really sandy foundation. Why is everybody's life falling apart? And it's because they don't give a rip about God, and therefore they think that sand is a legitimate foundational material and they like it, and they don't want anybody to correct them. What is this concrete you speak of? What, what are these supports you talk of? I want none of it. More sand! Beep, 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 right here. I just want more sand. What are you building? My house, my life on sand? Yes, just give me more of it. More sand will be helpful for me to build my life on until it all comes crumbling down. How's your life going? What are you building it on? Right theology leads to a solid foundation. Do you know what that leads to? Now you can live with unstoppable courage. I don't care what people think of me. I don't care where this is going. I don't need my circumstances to change because I'm changing, because my mind is being renewed, because my heart is being transformed, because God's doing a new thing in me. I can navigate any of this and all of this, even if it gets worse. So here's a news flash. This is why you came to church, right? For all the good news. 2024 may be the hardest year you've ever experienced. For some of us, we thought, man, my life has really sucked so far. It might get worse. And not a little bit, like, way worse. And your foundation's going to be exposed. And what, you're, what you've been building on, it's going to be revealed. And it's never too late to say, I got the foundation wrong. And I'm ready to rebuild my life. I'm ready for something new. I wonder if you just hear the invitation that God says, I have a rock-solid, deep foundation that's immovable. Are you ready to build on it? Let's do this together. It can be different. The storm, still coming. Hurricane, yep, probably going to wipe out the whole block. But you'll still be standing. You'll continue on. When everybody else is quitting, you'll persevere. But it's about what's underneath, not what people see. So gone are the days of the facade. Let's be done with that. That was so 2023, yo. That was so 2023. That was last year. So last year. Enough with the posturing. Enough with the facade. Enough with the mass. We're going to look at what's underneath. We're going to look at our root system. We're going to look at our foundation. And we're going to get that right this year. And that no matter what comes, we're with him. We're with him. Courage leads to great confidence and unstoppable courage. But now that you can see, here we go. Are we ready for number two? Somebody say ready. Oh man, I've just been waiting to get here. Verse nine, so awesome. Here we go, here we go. Number two, I will begin to live pleasing to God. You're like, oh, well, that wasn't very exciting. Do you know what changes when you shift who you're serving, who you're living for? Everything becomes new. When you quit the old master and you start serving a different master, 
When you start living for a different audience, everything changes. What does Paul tell us in verse 9? So whether we're at home or away, man, it doesn't matter if you're at the beginning of life or you are on your deathbed. It doesn't matter if you are far away from seeing God or you're on the brink of it. Whether you're home or away, no matter where you're at, here's the passion of the church in Corinth. Paul's like, this is what we do. This is what we do. We make it our aim to please Him. We make it our aim to please Him. The the term aim there would more accurately, what is the goal? What's the bullseye? What's the end? What's the target? What's the target? And this is what Paul would say to us this morning. Church, church, there's one bullseye. There's one bullseye. There's one goal. And if you get the goal right, everything else falls into place. If you aim at the wrong target, it doesn't matter how much time and energy you give. It doesn't matter how much you sacrifice. If you're aimed at the wrong thing, you lose. Do you believe it? But I'm working so hard. Why isn't it working? Why isn't my thing working as much as I'm working? And I've worked so many hours and I've given myself to the wrong goal. What if 2024 could be a year where you say, I'm going to get the the bullseye. I'm going to get it set properly. I am going to set the coordinates so that the goal, the destination, is the proper one. You would think in a year like 2024 that our Google Maps, that our GPS system would be a little bit more advanced. Does anybody still have issues? Can, can we have a moment of honesty? I just I, I need to vent in church, okay? Just need to get this off my chest. It's just it's, the struggle's real. In the past two weeks. I have experienced punching in an address and driving to something that does not even resemble, even close. It's not even in the right neighborhood. How do we get that wrong, Google? How do we get that wrong? I thought I had the right coordinates. I thought I had the right address. I set the right goal, and you're leading me astray? And believe it or not, with five kids, sometimes the departure time is delayed a little bit, so you better get to the destination because you ain't got time to be late except on certain days when basketball practice is on the other side of town even though it says you have arrived uh you're a liar i have not arrived at my destination this is the wrong goal and i got there fast and i felt very efficient and i worked really hard to get there on time and then when you show up on time to the wrong place then thoughts and attitudes arise that feel very dark, very demonic, right? The unholiness rises up in the frustration of the disappointment that why did I do all of this work and I get to the wrong place? So maybe you've worked hard and you've even arrived at time, on time to the right place in your mind just to realize it was the wrong goal all along. I was living for the wrong people all along. I was looking for the approval of the wrong audience the whole time. I was listening to the wrong voice this entire time. I was driven by my Disney princess, follow your heart, GPS. And my heart led to broken relationships and disappointment. Because God's destination and Disney's destination are not the same. And so what if, what if 2024 could be a year where you'd say, 
I got to get the goal right. I got to get the bullseye locked in. I have to. I have to do this at all costs. So whether you're at home or away, no matter what stage you're in, make it your aim. Make it your goal to please Him. So I would just ask, what is your goal? What was your goal in 2023? I mean, if you could summarize, I just wanted the year to end by doing this, by experiencing this, by this being different. My heart could not be happier if I experienced X. What, what is it for you that you ended the year thinking, I just want this so badly I can taste it. I was willing to sacrifice and give so much to have it. What is it for you? And are you, are you going to be able to start 2024 saying, God, if I have the wrong bullseye, I'm giving you permission to change it. If my goals are upside down and backwards, I surrender to your goals. God, I want your way above my way. God, I want your timing more than mine. I'm willing to let go of the things that I have held on to so strongly. I'm willing to release that to you. God, this is the year. And what is the goal? Here's God's goal. If everything in your life gets worse and worse and everything falls apart and everything gets harder and harder and you can finish 2024 saying, but I please the Lord. So what about in those relationships? I please the Lord in those relationships. What about at work? I please the Lord. God was honored in those decisions. What about your finances? Do you want to finish the year saying, God, I did money your way. I sought to please you. No matter what it looks like, no matter my expectations, will you make it your aim to please God? If you say yes to that, this year is new. Like, really new. Totally different. Are you ready for that shift? Are you ready for new to come? Then it's got to be new goals. It's got to be a new bullseye. It's got to be a new aim. No matter where you're at, no matter what you do, do you make it your goal to please God? And so what's, what's one major shift? Here's the shift. The old is, I make it my aim to please myself. I just want to be happy. I don't know how many weeks or months it's been. Maybe it's been minutes. I just want to be happy. That's my goal. If I was happy, then I wouldn't worry about anything else. I just need an inner sense of happiness. What if your happy heart is not God's goal? What if he has something better? What if the new is, God, even if I feel like this is really, really hard and I'm being torn apart, but I'm pleasing you, it's worth it. Even if I lose a lot of things and I get you, God, it's worth it. The old has got to go, what is the new for you? What is the new for you? Because if I know what the aim is, then I know my purpose. I don't know if you're taking notes, jot this down. If you know your purpose, if you know your purpose, do you know why you're here? Do you know why you're here? I'm not talking about in church on Sunday morning, okay? Do you know why you're on planet Earth? Do you know why you were born? Do you know why you're still alive? Do you know why? If you can get an answer from God as far as what your purpose is, do you know what happens? A passion starts rising up. A passion that cannot be put out. If you know why you're here, and you can have clarity in 2024, you're here to glorify God, to make much of Him. You are here to please Him and pursue Him. If you know your purpose, all of a sudden where there's depression and despair, where there's suicidal thoughts, where you are consumed with anxiety, when you just want to sleep all day long, 
when you just want to end it and be done with life, it all can change when you can answer this. I know why I'm here. I can have full confidence to know this is my purpose in life. I know why I exist. And then all of a sudden, you get around a group of people that are living for the ultimate purpose, for God. All of a sudden, the the flame is fanned, and all of a sudden, there's a passion that doesn't go out. And soon, instead of hanging out with all of your dead-end friends, you're hanging out with a group of people that just are so fired up about something that lasts forever, and you're like, it's starting to rise up in me too. <laughs> like, what? what's happening inside of me? What's happening inside of me? Like, I used to just be so depressed and despairing, and I was just so done with life, and I didn't want to be around people, and now love is rising up, and now desires are rising up, and now goodness is rising up, and, and I, I, I want to live for this, and I'm, now I'm getting a passion for something beyond me and more than me, and do you know what God does with that? When that passion is fanned into flame, He provides His very own power to be able to accomplish the things that you're now fired up about. God's not going to back your play. Sorry for the bad news, right? Welcome to church, more bad news, right? God's not going to rubber stamp your thing. He is not going to fan into flame your private personal passions. He's going to do something with the passion He puts in you, and it's not going to go out, and it's going to continue. And even when it gets hard, you're going to keep going because there's a new passion and he's providing a new power. It's not you, it's him. It's not you, it's him. Do you want a 2024 like that? I get pretty excited about that. I'm thinking, if we were a church where every single person was like, yes, I know my purpose. Yes, there is a passion rising up inside of me, and I want to be around people that help me, and I help them to be able to continue on fulfilling that passion, that eternal vertical desire that he's now giving, and now there's power showing up that I never had before. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to continue on. And then all of a sudden you're, you're getting at the end of every week and going, there's strength, there's power. Where is this coming from? I'm continuing to move forward even though I should have fallen apart. This all should have came to a halt. And instead, there's momentum building. Where'd that come from? That's a God thing. And what if the new thing is the God thing that God wants to do in you? Not to do your thing any longer. That's the old. The new it needs to come. So here's a few questions that I want to ask if you're feeling purposeless. If you're feeling, yeah, yeah, I, I know that I'm supposed to have new sight. I, I know I'm supposed to see things. What if your vision is blurred? What if everything's blurry? Have you been there? Maybe, maybe you finished 2023 and you're like, what do you see in your future? Blah. Really? Can you describe that more in detail? Well, it's kind of ugh, mixed with, eh. it's a lot of that all mixed together. So what do you do when your vision is so blurred you don't even know what's the next step? I don't even know what to do. I don't even know how much longer I can do the thing that I'm really blurry and confused about right now. What am I supposed to do? Well, ask these questions. Is the reason that you have blurred vision and you don't have clarity is because, here's the first question, am I living a distracted life? Is my whole life just a, a big distraction? I don't want people. I want apps. I don't want to look people in the eyes. I want to stare at my screen. I'm distracted. I'm distracted. I have so many opportunities ahead of me. So what do I do? I just Google all of them. And I just research a thousand different topics. What are you going to do with that? Nothing. I'm just going to get back on and just get distracted more and more about all the endless possibilities that I could do. Or maybe for many of us, we are like Martha, even really, really busy doing God stuff. And we forgot about God. 
and we're racing around and we're overwhelmed and we're on the brink of burnout. I'm doing all these things and I'm doing all these things. Not with his power, you're not. Not his way, you're not. Are you distracted? Am I living a chaotic life? Would anybody that makes a basic observation about your life just say, your life is crazy. And instead of you saying, I know, and I'm exhausted by the chaos, you're like, yep, it's just our life. It's not supposed to be. Your life is not to be marked by absolute chaos all the time. God brings order when he's doing a new thing. So I don't know if it's everything from your junk drawer to your garage to your workplace all the way to your own mind and your own thought life to your relationships? Is everything just in chaos? And if so, what if this year God would say, get clarity on what is yours to leave behind and what is yours to tackle head on, but to continue spiraling in chaos. It's not his way when he's doing a new thing. Something's going to land. There's going to be clarity. No more chaos. How about this? Number three. Am I living a worldly life? Can we just have an honest conversation? If you're living for the world, you are going to be very confused as to what your purpose is. If you are asking the world for answers that God already has and is eager to give you, if you are living according to a value system that is fading and is temporary, your mind is probably really blurred. If you are living for the audience of those friends and those family members, everything's really blurry a lot of times when you are just looking around at the world saying, give me my identity. Provide me with satisfaction. Fulfill me. When you're shopping horizontally and God's saying, hello! I'm going to give it in abundance. Just look to me. And you're like, no, no, the world's got a lot to offer. And I would just ask, how's that going for you? How's that going? Continually eating, but never satisfied. Continually shopping, but always empty. Continuing to look for the next thing, but the next thing always disappoints. That's what the world does. And how about lastly, am I living in just a self-driven life? Even right now, as I'm speaking, there's an argument going on in your head of, nope, don't agree with that. Don't agree with that. Nope, my way's better. Nope, this guy's an idiot. Nope, God doesn't have everything to say. Bible's old, irrelevant. How's your self-driven life going? How's your way working? Pretty awesome? I don't want to do God's thing because I got my own thing. But if we're really honest, my thing is broken, but yet I'm still unwilling to do things God's way. I'm not allowing God to take over. I'm not allowing Him to do it. I need to do it. And I need to do it my way and in my timing. Are you ready for 2024 being a year of I'm so sick and tired of regrets and disappointments. I need something new. And God offers that. All things new. All things new. Could, could we say this? Blurred vision is joyless living. And if you're really, really honest, really, really, really honest, 
I haven't asked God. I haven't sought God. I'm not asking God the questions. I'm not even interested in God's answers. That's it. That is a really depressing life. Never before have the charts been so high of depression, anxiety, and suicide. Do you know why that is? Because we absolutely refuse to do it God's way. We want the old, and we want the old to deliver, and it never delivers. Joyless. Is that, is that you? That was me for 21 years. I found every option the world had to offer, every drug I could get my hands on, every type of alcohol, every woman in my life, rotating door of, will you make me happy? Will you fulfill me? Will you satisfy? Brink of despair, suicide, real legitimate. And then we get clarity, we get vision, we get purpose, we get goals from heaven. Does it change overnight? Anybody want to testify? Get Jesus, everything changes overnight, feel better, right? But does it lead to a new way that over time leads to fulfillment and satisfaction that doesn't fade? That there is a source to go to, there's a foundation to build, there is an individual to talk to. Do you know him? His name is Jesus. And he's the joy giver. And he's the purpose giver. So if you're wandering through life, depressed, irritable, defensive, critical, anxious, negative, joyless, joyless, what if this year could be maybe pleasing God instead of pleasing myself? Maybe a shift needs to take place. Maybe today it could happen. And now that I can see, here we go. Somebody say, land the plane. You ready? Now that I can see, I will begin to live intentional. Intentional. Well, I don't know, Pastor Dude. I'm just going to see what happens. I'm just going to see what happens. I'm, I think I'm, I'm just going to keep trying the old way, and I'm going to expect different results. If insanity is the path that, that you want to choose, or you could say, I'm going to be intentional for the first time. I'm not going to leave it up to just chance and possibility. I'm going to choose an intentional path where does Paul leave us? 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We all are going to appear before Christ as judge, so that each one may receive what's due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. If you know that there's going to come a day, did you know that? Did you know? I'm not going to assume. Let's back up. There is appointed a day. And you are going to face King Jesus. What are you going to say to him? I thought I had more time. I was almost there. You were my last ditch effort. I, I was almost ready to surrender to you. What are you going to say to King Jesus? The one that spoke everything into existence. The one that rules over all. The King of Kings. What are you going to say to him? What if today's the day? I thought I had more time. Is that the first thing out of your mouth? You're going to go from breathing to boom, dead, to wide awake in front of God himself. I thought I had more time. I didn't take it serious. 
we're all going to give an account. I believe many of us want to hear, well done. God himself looking you in the eyes and saying, well done. Well done. That's something to live for intentionally. And you're not going to hear that just living any old way. You're going to hear that living, pleasing him as your aim, as your goal. I want us to reflect on this. 2024, all things can become new. 2024 is a year maybe that you recognize I've been putting things off for too long. It's time. It's time. 